0: Hey friend, did you know that there are different styles of homeschooling? Some of us have been well aware of these for a long time and some have not. And if you're homeschooling and you're doing it well and you're enjoying it and loving it, and your kids are thriving, your entire family, and you don't know anything about styles of homeschooling, you're fine. Keep on, keeping on, okay there, mama. <laughs> but some of us enjoy having like a category having like a way of discerning what maybe will fit in with what we want to do and what might not. So today I'm going to discuss with you nine styles. I know that sounds like a lot. (laughs) And we'll get to every single one of them. And I promise not in an overwhelming type of way. And I'm excited to see how you kind of react. (laughs) I'd love to hear about how you react to these, because I feel like oftentimes, when we hear a description of certain styles of homeschooling, we know instantly in our gut and our heart and in our head, we know right away, like, nope, that is not going to work for my family or, Ooh, actually that is really intriguing to me. And I think that's really a direction that I want to follow. And I want to encourage you to listen in and I want you just to focus in on right now this homeschool year the age of the children that you are homeschooling the age of maybe the children that are too young to homeschool keep all of that into perspective we are just talking about right here right now don't worry about next homeschool year let's just focus in on right now and listen in on these styles and see which ones really resonate with you and which ones you're kind of like "Eh, i'm all right not doing that one okay let's get into it right now And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. As I briefly mentioned earlier, some of us like categories, some of us like to know certain types of things, some of us like to have a box that we can either... Put ourselves in, but not like in a bad way that we have to stay in that box. Or maybe, maybe it's not even a bad way. If you like to go into a box and just stay in that box because that feels like a comfort zone, that's okay. You can do that. Eventually, maybe sometime, like, you know, flip the lid off and take a look around and see if there's any changes that need to be made. Maybe your box needs to be a little bit bigger. But some of us really enjoy having categories and knowing what we like and what we don't like, our preferences, and then using that to. Guide our decisions. So when it comes to homeschooling, it is nice. It's not. It's not mandatory. Obviously, there's not really anything much mandatory with homeschooling, except beyond what your homeschool regulations say in your state and in your country. But the nice thing about categories is we can know which ones really resonate with us and which ones are possible with our own ourselves, our personality, our children, the stage and the season of life that we're in, and it can help us to decide on activities we're going to participate in, curriculum we're going to purchase, how we're going to spend our time. And that's why I want to discuss it today here too. So we're going to talk about the nine styles of homeschooling and how to know which is best for your family. Now, when I started homeschooling, I had no idea that there were different styles of homeschooling. It could do it anything different. The only model of education I knew was that of the public school model. So public school education, traditional education model, that was the only thing that I was familiar with. And so naturally, that's what I'm going to gravitate into, but in a way that is in our home. And I'm not necessarily the teacher, but I'm the mom and a teacher slash guide. So I recognize that, but I didn't know that you could probably pretty much essentially do the opposite of what maybe you, if you went to public school, and how you viewed education. You can homeschool in the complete opposite. We'll say like 180 direction from that. But I didn't have a clue. However, even though I didn't have a clue about those, I did kind of start to find that I became more aware of styles a little bit, but also I really just became more comfortable with my role as a homeschool mom and my ability to do so because I was starting to see fruit from it. I was starting to see we're doing this. Everybody's alive and thriving and we're doing well and we're excelling and we're enjoying our days together. And I felt really good about trying some different approaches, becoming a lot more relaxed. And here I am now with my final high schooler and we're doing chemistry together this year. and I'm completely creating my own, we'll say quote unquote, curriculum. I've come up with our own course and just have done some research and just really approaching chemistry different. Than just saying, here's a textbook, here is some random uh, experiments to do that you have no idea even what it means, because I really feel like this is something that he could maybe use in the future and he really is engaged and interested. And so I'm at this point now, I'm like, I I don't need to even do what I did with the other two. I'm just going to create my own thing. So if you're feeling, I don't want to say stuck, but if you're just feeling, Held down and scared, let's say scared, to break out of what you know and your comfort zone, just know it happens. And how do you do that? You just take one step, just make one change and then become comfortable with that and see the results. And then go ahead and make another change and then become comfortable with that and see the results. And then you can make another one. It doesn't have to be if you are completely in the box and you're like, I like my style, I like this, and I like it just very traditional. And then suddenly the next year be like, oh, I'll create all my own curriculum. It's going to be a huge shift. So just give it some time. You'll become more comfortable, but you have to decide you want to become more comfortable. All right. Now we're just kind of going down another trail here because I really want to talk about these nine styles of homeschooling. We are going to hit this like just an aerial like helicopter or uh, an airplane, maybe even higher kind of view for the sake of time. And I'm just going to tell you the name of the style, give you a little bit of information, and then you can run with that. Because you have the internet at your fingertips, on your phone, on your laptop, and you can go ahead and dive in deep, whether it's videos or websites or blogs and find all the things that you want to, but give yourself maybe a time limit, we'll say. (laughs) Don't let yourself become so bogged down in any of these styles and trying to pigeonhole yourself into any single one. Unless that's kind of what's calling your name. So let's go into it here. So the first one is the classical homeschool style. And this one, basically they use what they call the Trivium model. And in this model, children go through three main stages of learning. So the first is a concrete learning, and they call that the grammar stage. Then critical learning, which is called the logic stage. And then abstract learning, which is called the rhetoric stage. Each of these stages corresponds to an age range. And so in the grammar stage they're building a solid foundation with the younger students. In the dialectic stage, the children aren't just taking in information, they are learning to ask questions and compare and contrast and trying to see then and talking about and exploring How the knowledge and the information, especially that they learned in the grammar stage, how those are intertwined and they ask why a lot. Now the rhetoric stage is going to be the last stage, the oldest students. And what these young people, these teens do is they combine the foundational knowledge that they learned in the elementary age years with the critical thinking skills that they learned in, say, the middle school years, and they start to put together like reasoned opinions and conclusions, and they do debates and a lot of persuasive writing. And a lot of families that gravitate towards the classical approach, a lot of them join co-ops One that is very familiar to probably a lot of people is classical conversations. There might be other ones, uh, but a lot of families then gravitate towards doing co-ops and they go through the classical model together as a family. It might be a drop-off. There's a lot of different options. The second I want to talk about today is traditional homeschooling. And at the very simplest form of explaining this, I would explain it in a way of, I would just say, you're doing school at home. So these Families who do take a more traditional approach use similar methods to the traditional school system, thus traditional homeschooling. And so it can be, sometimes people think, you know, and I even said, don't do school at home. But I'm going to tell you right now that oftentimes this is the model, the style that a lot of homeschoolers, if they take their kids out of school, especially bring them home and go straight into traditional homeschooling because it feels safe and it feels comfortable and it's what we know and it's what our kids know. And this is pretty much what I ended up doing when I first started homeschooling. And so there's nothing there's nothing wrong necessarily with with any of these uh, styles at all. So just I want you to listen and then just see where it fits with you. But a lot of times with the traditional homeschooling, families will gravitate towards having a curriculum for every single subject. It could be something like a box curriculum from a company, and this company provides them with all of the s- different subjects. They have provide them with in- with. Um, textbooks and stuff and books and reading lists for every single subject. And a lot of times in the traditional homeschooling style, parents are concerned with making sure that their homeschoolers that they use grade level appropriate curriculum and also that they have lesson plans and that they might take tests and that they follow a step by step sequence because they want to keep their kids on track. The third one I'm going to talk about here today is Charlotte Mason. And Charlotte Mason was a British author and teacher and lecturer. She lived in the late 1800s. Spoiler alert, I've got something going on here with this one, just diving into it here. So be sure to make sure you come back after the weekend if Charlotte Mason is something that intrigues you. But in Charlotte Mason, the approach spends a lot of time with living books and uh, using a lot of narrative literature, lots of time outdoors exploring and developing an appreciation for art, music, and nature, there's journaling and narration and dictation and copy work. And families who opt for taking a Charlotte Mason style approach, look at the education from a holistic perspective, as opposed to having a science book for uh, this child, at this age, and a uh, science book for this child, at this age, and separate histories. Um, Charlotte Mason looks at it a little bit more altogether. So let's go on to the next one, which is Montessori. And in this style of homeschooling, Montessori views the child's classroom as a, an environment to prepare them for the biggest classroom of all, which is life. And with a Montessori homeschool, the child directs the learning and the parents facilitate their child's education By connecting materials and curricula with each child's interest, they use their entire home and the entire world as their way of teaching their children. And there are actually Montessori schools, which could be something that could supplement those of you that are interested in Montessori, whether it is something that's every day or it's a couple times a week. I would encourage you to connect then um, if there's any of those in your local area. Number five here is Having a unit studies approach, so a unit study style of homeschooling. And what this means is that the units are, there's like a themed unit and these often involve like multi-sensory learning and you're looking at a specific topic and you are wanting to dive deep into it. So say the topic is something like forests, you are going to use all the various subjects that maybe your traditional homeschooler might have a specific textbook or specific books for. So when it comes to science, when it comes to a forest, you're going to study the scientific aspect of that. And then you're going to go and pull in some math, you're going to do some art when it's related to forests, you're going to do maybe your PE, your physical education, your gym class, go out into the forest, you're going to take all of the different subjects And you're going to pull them in together and you're just going to study forests. And the goal is to have more of a mastery of a specific topic instead of just hitting the surface of a lot of different topics. Unit studies allow you to dive deep into less topics, but you get to a deeper level and a deeper understanding of that topic. The next one is Waldorf style of homeschooling, and this originated, this philosophy, in the early 1900s with Rudolf Steiner, and he really saw that early childhood education, so the early years should focus on creative play and active hands-on learning. And then the elementary education, he thought was a good time to introduce some academic instruction while also focusing on the students increasing their imagination and learning to manage their emotions. Secondary education, he said, should focus on critical thinking and empathy and community service. The Waldorf approach hopes to it aims to educate the whole child, body, mind, and spirit. And so during, the, especially the early childhood years, the Waldorf approach de-emphasizes academics. And it focuses on age-appropriate learning throughout the entire aspect of it. And art, music, gardening, and foreign language are key focuses during the elementary years. And they don't use any textbooks in the first several grades. For the younger years, textbooks aren't used like I just mentioned. So there isn't necessarily the cost of that. The education is just them being in the world and in life. And you can just teach with the things that you have within your home. And then, as the years go on, when they get to more formal learning, they focus to they tend to focus on studying some subjects and topics in blocks. So, say so kind of a little bit like you would think a unit study, but maybe three to six weeks that uh, they would spend an in depth time on study. And I'm seeing more um, resources out there when it comes to Waldorf as well. So check in maybe locally as well for that and for all of these, but specifically the Montessori and the Waldorf, I'm seeing a rise in those. So I think that there are some maybe co-ops and there are some schools um, or some community centers of places that are offering such things like that. So be sure to check around locally. Okay, we've got three more to go. The next one is eclectic. And in this type of style, you don't have a specific style. (laughs) You're going to mix and match from a variety of homeschooling resources. You might even pull from some of the different styles. It's a very personalized approach for every child based upon their strengths, their learning styles, and their interests. And what tends to happen is that Eclectic homeschooling, I mean, there's no hard statistics for this, but a lot of families end up moving into eclectic. They most likely start at traditional and then move to a way of eclectic thing. I don't need specifically curriculum in a box. I would like to curate my own and I would like to curate it per child, per homeschool year, or even per semester or per half of a year. And so eclectic is something that a lot of people end up uh, gravitating towards. So we've got two more here. Second to last here, number eight, is unschooling. And in unschooling, the home education is one that allows the students' interests and what they're curious about to drive the path and to determine what type of learning happens and where it happens and when it happens. So they don't necessarily use a defined curriculum. You're not going to go to a homeschool convention and find unschooling curriculum here at this booth, or here's this box of unschooling curriculum. That's like the opposite of what it is. And that's okay. Again, there's no right or wrong to any of these homeschool styles, unless you aren't being true to you, your family and your children. And so in unschooling, parents that unschool, they trust their children to gain knowledge organically. And it's not a laid back, sit back, do nothing kind of approach. It really is an active learning process. And it's not as unstructured and as crazy as maybe the name might give it. And different families approach this, just like with all of these styles, different families are going to approach the style differently. And overall, unschoolers, they are homeschoolers, and they're just more focused on the experimental process of learning and becoming educated more so than with, we'll say, doing school. And it doesn't mean that they don't use specific curriculum or anything like that. So that's how it can really vary between different families. Some unschooling families don't want to use curriculum at all. And some want to pull it in and say to use it maybe for something like math uh, or some other subject or writing, whatever, maybe they feel like they want to pull in with that. And then they may allow the other subjects to just occur more organically and more naturally as the child continues to age and to grow and determined by their interests. And we are on to number nine. And then we're going to talk about how to figure out which one you are leaning towards right now. And number nine is road schooling. And I have personally seen a huge uptick in this in just the past couple of years. And basically road schooling is when families embrace that whatever the lifestyle they pack up, put everything maybe in a camper and they hit the road and learning occurs as they encounter the world. So say they wanted to learn about specific um, time period, or say like the Civil War, and they end up, you know, on the East Coast, they end up in Gettysburg, and they actually they study it while they're there. And they'll pull in some different resources here and there. And so with road schooling, learning out in the great big wild, wide, wild, well, sometimes yeah, (laughs) sometimes the world is wild, but wide world is something that they focus on. And a lot of their learning experiences, it might be kind of impromptu, like, hey, let's go here and check this out. And let's go spend a week here in the California Redwoods, because the kids are, you know, we'll really talk about that. And this would lend itself to, it would have to depend on your lifestyle. If this is something that you're thinking you'd like to do, is it possible to continue to earn money to be able to pay for this? Or maybe you sell your house. And you. Know, I've seen people do that, sell their house and just use that money on the road and figure that God will take care of the rest later, but there you go. There are the nine. So how do you know which one you should follow right now this homeschool year? Well, the first thing would be while I was giving you just a quick description of those, there were probably some that you said, Ooh, I like that one. I hope you wrote those down. And if you didn't pause this right now and go ahead and write those down. Cause I want you to do a little bit more research on those and see what uh, curriculum and find blogs and see if there's YouTube videos like with vlogs and you can kind of get an idea as to how people carry out that homeschool style in their life. but another thing really to do to evaluate a couple of key things and I know you've heard me say this before, but look at your vision. you and your husband take a look at what your vision is. what are your goals? what are your overall goals? What are your goals just for this homeschool year? look at your personality. look at your children's personalities. Look at their learning styles. Take a look at your strengths and weaknesses and passions and take a look at their strengths and weaknesses and passions. Those are going to help guide you. And again, just focus right here, right now on this homeschool year. Maybe right now you decide you're going to take a specific style and you'll look back a year or two from right now. and You're like, we just did a 180. We did completely something different. We just went in a different direction and it's amazing and it's wonderful. Take the direction that you're feeling led to do right here, right now. And you might be thinking, I don't know what that direction is. Lee, help me. You told me you started off and doing traditional and now you're creating your own chemistry program. Like how do I get to that point? I want to encourage you to take ownership of your homeschool, lean into all of those things that I just said, your vision, your goals, your personalities, learning styles, strengths, weaknesses, passions, your gifts, talents, and abilities. And you're like, I don't know what those are girlfriend, (laughs) I invite you to go over, check out clarifyyourhomeschool.com, read through the page, send me any questions that you have. You can email me at info info at littlebylittlehomeschool.com. And when you are ready to say, yes, I am ready to get my vision figured out, just get that nailed down my goals just for this homeschool year. And then I'll know how to do it for the next homeschool year. What is my style? What can that look like? I really need support as I walk through this because maybe you're a brand new homeschooler, or maybe you've been homeschooling for a few years and really what you're doing is everything is just reactionary. You're just reacting, you are not being intentional as you know that you should and you could, and you're just reacting to every single thing that's coming up, or you are s- someone saying, "Oh, this is a good science program. Like, oh, okay, we should do that. Abandon the science program that we're doing, and let's go do that instead." In clarify your homeschool, there's none of that. And if you feel like it, I'm going to talk to you about it. We're going to talk it through. Doesn't mean you can't change. You absolutely can change. But when you know where you are going, when your site, when you have your eyes on the site down the road, and you know what that looks like. You're so much, it's so much easier to make these decisions and you even know which choices to make because you're probably sometimes by like 9am, you're like, I am just on over. I can't even make another decision. I'm so overwhelmed by it. Let's make these decisions about your homeschool. We can do this together. And then when those decisions and questions come up, you're like, no, no, I'm not going into decision fatigue here because I don't have to make any decisions. I know that we are doing the best thing for our family right now, right here. And you can get all that information at clarifyyourhomeschool.com. Well, this was a fun, I feel like in very informative podcast episode, be sure to have a great weekend, but then also be sure to come back on Monday because I've got a special guest that you are not going to want to miss out on. All right, friend, have a great day. and Thank you for listening to Little by Little Homeschool Podcast.